This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Good evening, everyone. Hope everyone's good. Refuah Yeshua's and only good things. So we're going to talk about David Melech tonight. Um, as we approach the last week before Shavuos, the week of Malchus, David Melech was born on Shavuos, died on Shavuos, was born on Shavuos. I think, I believe, yeah, sure, was on Shabbos, because he died on Shabbos. So it's Mavish this year, right? It's Mavish this year, same thing. So let's examine what it takes to be a Melech Yisrael. The ingredients of David, the ingredients of Last time we looked at the ingredients of the parents of of Wilson and um, and and Boaz. This time we're going to look at actually at David Melch himself and the failure of what happened with Shalom Melch. But before that, very very exciting. So we're into this dailygiving.org, uh, where they ask you to give a dollar every day. Um, I want to tell you where we're up to right now. Listen carefully. Very excited. We are up to. We are up to twenty-two thousand. No, four hundred something. Two thousand four hundred something. They're up to. Um, so we want to get to three thousand tonight. And um, I told them for sure. Everyone who's watching my share will join. So again, you just have to go to daily giving. One word: daily. D a i l y giving. G i v i n g. dot org. Um, now, I have to tell you, I don't hop, I don't understand. Um, they're looking to have, by Shavuos, 18,000 people signed up. Okay? And they're up to 3,400. I told him, like, there's no Shiloh that, there are how many people watching the Torah anytime? Hundreds of thousands of people. 18,000 people signing up, it's not a big deal. Like, for sure you'll hit that number. But it's not happening. And I couldn't figure out why it's not happening. I know why it's not happening. You know how long I'm talking about dailygiving.org? Probably three months. And Rabbi Wallerstein didn't join. I didn't join. Me and my wife didn't join. I keep talking about it. I didn't join. I'm thinking to myself, you're telling people to join. Why didn't you join? And the answer is, I'm giving the share. I'm saying, right? I'm saying give. And then I close my, I finish the share. I walk away. I, I don't go to the computer and do it. So, so, Baruch Hashem, last night, we joined. Me and my wife joined. We're on dailygiving.org. And uh, I'm telling everyone out there, everyone that's listening, um, that we got to hit 4,000 by tomorrow morning. So I can't continue this year. I- I'm going to have to stop now because, because we have to hit 4,000. So I'm just going to sit here now and wait and wait until you all take out a pen and a paper or write it on your phone. Dailygiving.org. And when they call me and tell me they hit four, we'll continue. Dailygiving.org. Now, something very special they did for Rabbi Wallerstein. Listen to this, everyone. Tonight, there is, only tonight, is the organization which I have actually spent a Shabbos with. They're called A-Time to help um, with um, having children. An unbelievable organization called A-Time. And tonight, they are, um, they're having very special raffle. And they're saying to me the following, listen to this. Eight times one of the organizations they give to, tonight is eight times annual auction. Eight times has 
told Daily Giving that anybody who signs up by 11.15, what time is it, what time is it, what time is it? Nine o'clock. You got two hours and 15 minutes. You sign up by 11.15 tonight. So don't wait till tomorrow to do this. To, again, dailygiving.org, right? They're going to do something for us. Let's see. Let's see what they're going to do for us. Hmm. Okay. What are they going to do for us is, um, A-Time has told Daily Giving that anyone who signs up by 11.15 tonight for dailygiving.org, they will get a free raffle ticket in tonight's drawing. So if you give $5 a day, you'll get five, five free raffle tickets. Okay, just give a dollar. Good, that's very nice, but let's do a dollar a day. If you give five, how is it, Meshubach? The average prize on the raffle tonight for A-Time is worth $5,000. So what do you need to do? How are they going to know? If you're listening to this share, at Walsing share, after the raffle, you still should absolutely join Daily Giving. You love being part of it. But at the end of the share, when you go to sign, or right now, if you go to sign, to dailygiving.org, um, and you tell them, when you sign up, that you heard about, you heard about them, they're gonna ask you, where did you hear about us? Say Rabbi Wallstein, or the raffle, then you will automatically, your name will be entered in tonight's raffle, and Amir Hashem, it'll be amazing, that everyone who got a raffle from Rabbi Wallstein's share, is gonna be a winner. It's gonna be an amazing thing, it's gonna be a mifus. Everyone's gonna be talking about it. But anyway, anyone who gives a dollar a day, and anyone who's entered in that raffle, you're a winner anyway. So, I, I don't understand why, not everyone could do this. It's three hundred and sixty-five dollars a year, but it's not writing a check for three hundred sixty-five. It's a dollar a day. It's, it doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt so much. So it's a very, very big mitzvah. A dollar a day keeps the virus away. So let's uh, avedis and the virus away. So everyone, I gave you a lot of time now before I started this year to write down um, the name and the organization, and uh, let's make it happen. Okay, and get your raffle. So don't forget, at the end, just write Rabbi Wallstein. You're going to where? Right, dailygiving.org. Thank you very much. Tomorrow morning, I expect him to call me and say, oh my gosh, we blew through it. We blew through it. We're at 5,000, right, Wallstein? It's amazing. Okay. All right. So everybody, let's focus on tonight's year. Let's focus on what's going on over here. So Shaul HaMelech was anointed by Shmuel HaNavi to be the first king in Klai Yisrael. He was strong. He was Tam Chacham. He was an amazing warrior. He had all the things that you need to be a king. Okay? And Shmuel HaNavi said to Shaul, Hashem sent me to make you king. King on the whole Klai Yisrael. But I'm telling you right now that your first job, Hashem is very upset about what Amalek did to Klai Yisrael when we left Mithraim. Destroy Hamalek, kill the men, kill the women, kill the children, kill the babies that are nursing, Mishar, kill the oxen, kill the lambs, Migomel, kill the camels, wipe them off the face of the earth. Okay? So, he went to war. How many soldiers did he go to war with? 200,000 infantrymen. And Yehuda sent 10,000. Huge, 
huge army. And now they wiped them out. They wiped them out. So, Shaul made the mistake of his life. And he had Rachmanus misplaced pity is not a good thing. And he had pity on the king of Amalek because the king watched his whole nation, his everybody get slaughtered and his whole family. And Shaul was like, he's sorry now, we don't have to kill him. He's a broken man. And he 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 let live the not the not the camels, not the donkeys, not the horses, because they weren't kosher. But the good sheep and the cattle, that fat bull, the fat sheep, that was good. He didn't kill them. Why didn't he kill them? Because they made a logical decision, and the Jewish nation said, "Why should we?" kill all these animals and just let them die, well, let's bring them as a carbon to Hashem. Wouldn't that be nice to thank Hashem that we won the war? But that's not the way it works. What God tells you, you cannot make your own decisions. We should have pity on him. Hashem said, don't have pity on him. We should, we should let the sheep, what are we going to do with the sheep, Rabbi Wallstein? We're going to bring it, we're going to bring it to Hashem. We do like a big mitzvah. It's not a mitzvah. Hashem told you to kill them. But that's what they did. Anyway, Hashem was very upset. He came that night to Shmuel. I feel bad that um, I reconsidered that I made Shaul a king. He did not keep my commandments. He was very upset. And it says that he cried all night. Well, he was very close to Shaul. And it says that he mamish cried all night. That Shaul didn't listen. Okay. So he gets up in the morning to meet to meet Shaul. And he meets him in the in, Car- in the Carmel. I kept the word of God. So very interesting to whoever is listening. This is another lesson in how Moshe, you got to hear this. It's another lesson on how to discipline your children and discipline your, your family and discipline your Talmidim. So Shmuel, Shmuel knew what, what he did. Hashem came to him in the Vias and told him, he didn't listen to me, he didn't kill Agog, he didn't kill the animals, right? So Shul is all proud and happy. So he says, when Shmuel shows up, you know, had a good night, had a good day yesterday. I kept Hashem's word. So what Shmuel should have said is, liar! You didn't keep Hashem's word. I know the truth. What are, you, what are you lying to me for? That's not how you give Musa. That's a turn off. The person's not even going to hear you. So what, 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 what did Shmuel say when Shaul said, I, t- I took care of business. I did what I was supposed to. Vayom Shmuel. Really? You, you did what you're supposed to? I hear a lot of animals. Where, where did these animals come from? He didn't say, you're a liar, you did the wrong thing. He asked him, where are all these animals going? Oh, my Yom Shol, Mamaleki. Oh, those animals, I brought them back from Mamalek. The nation, the people, had Rachmanus on these animals. To bring to your God. 
And whatever was left over, we destroyed. So we did a good thing. So then, uh, 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 you did not do a good thing. Heref, stop. Stop, stop. Stop telling me you did a good thing. And I'm going to tell you what Hashem told me. You know what Hashem told me? That you lost the kingdom. And he's going to He's going to anoint another king. So we see this by 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 Adam when Hashem came to Adam and he said, Adam, he said, Ayeka. Now Hashem knew he ate from the tree. He said, Where are you? And Adam said, I'm hiding. Why are you hiding? Because I'm not dressed. How do you know you're not dressed? Did you eat from the tree? He 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 could have said right away, Why did you eat from the tree? What did you do? You a very guy, Shayitz, what did you do? No. He let he let Adam own his Avera. In other words, I don't want to tell you what you did. You tell me what you did. I'm not screaming at my child. I'm like, you tell me what happened. I don't want to tell you what happened. It's not about me, it's about you. Same thing over here. Shmuel didn't say to Shul, I know what you did. He said, I hear sheep, like Hashem did. I hear sheep. Where'd they come from? Amalek. Amalek. But you weren't supposed to. no. Rahmanish, we're gonna bring it as a carbon. He owned it. Very important when you give muster to your children. Let, don't, don't accuse. Let them come up with it. Because once they come up with it, right? You're a drug addict. There's no one sitting here, everybody. You're a drug addict. That person's not accepting that they're a drug addict, because you said they're a drug addict. But when you're talking to that person and he's like, I'm not a drug addict, I could stop anytime I want. I deal with all the time. I was like, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not addicted. I can stop anytime I want. I'm not addicted to my phone. I, Rabbi Wallstein, don't tell me I'm addicted. I can stop anytime. Really? Give me your phone. No, no, I, I'm not, I can't stop right now. So I'm like, can you give me your phone for three days, for four days? No. I said, so you need your phone? Yes. I said, so what are you? Yeah, Rebbe, you're right. I am an addict. I got him. Now he's going to go for help. You're an addict? He's not going for help. He's not going for help. When he says, you're right. You're right, I'm not learning. I'm not learning. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to. Okay, Shefala. So do what you're supposed to. When I tell you something, you're no good, you're not doing what you're supposed to, then I own that. He doesn't own it. Until a person, so you see, it's no ridiculous. It's all in the Torah, all the psychology and everything. It's all in the Torah. Shmuel should at this point say, what did you do? What did you do? No, he never said that. He said, and, 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 and he lied to him. He didn't lie. He said, I did what Hashem wanted because he thought that's what Hashem wanted. And he's like, really? What are the, what's this sound? I hear a lot of noise. Oh, those are the sheep. Sheep from Amalek. What's going on? Oh, we wanted to do the right thing. Now, everyone who's listening, so why did he lose the Malchus? What did he do wrong? Rechman is on a king that lost everything. Isn't that the sign of a king? And and he, he logically made a great decision. Just kill the sheep, bring the sheep to Hashem. And the answer is that if you're a melech, when you're not supposed to have Rahmanis, you're not supposed to have Rahmanis. When you're supposed to have pity, you're supposed to have pity. When you're not supposed to have pity, you're not supposed to have pity. You can't have pity on a murderer because guess what? You're gonna let him go, he's gonna kill more people. We have this right now in New York State. 
They let out all the, all the criminals. They said, within one day, the criminals they let out killed three people, stole from five people. You think you're having Rachmanis? They're gonna, they, they, no, it's not Rachmanis. And as far as the sheep are concerned, Hashem, in the Torah it says that a Zaina, right, if she makes money, now she does tshuva. And she becomes a, a from lady and a good lady. And she wants to take the money from her znus and her ill repute and use that money to buy korbanos to Hashem. She wants to, she wants to do something. I don't want to, I don't want to have any use of that money. I, I was a bad woman. I made money as a, as a, as a ill repute lady. I, I don't want to do anything with that money. I want to give it to tzedakah. So I want to buy an animal and thank Hashem for that I got out of where I was. And now I got married to a nice yeshiva guy, and we're in a good place, and I did tshuva. Ooh, carbon taida. Teru says, esnan zayna, uh, the, the, uh, the carbon of a zayna, Hashem does not want that. The new, now that you're not, and the money, fine, but your dirty money, I don't, don't give me dirty money from your tzedakah. There's a lot of guys, I'm not gonna get into that, there are people that make money not legally against the Torah, rivets, whatever it is, and their answer is don't, but I give tzedakah. I go to Atlantic City, and I, I mamish give a, a, a 20th. Of my money to tzedakah. Hashem doesn't want that. I don't want your money from gambling. I don't want your money from selling drugs. I don't want your money from taking interest that you're not allowed to take. I don't want that money. It's, it's dirty money. And anything that money buys goes to the, goes to the dark side. So if I'm telling you not to do something, don't, well, I'm giving tzedakah from it. I don't want that tzedakah. So, that's what happened over here. And if you're a king, you cannot make such bonus. Whatever God tells you, you don't have a right to make such bonus. So, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Shmuel, his spiritual DNA, actually the name of this shir is called spiritual DNA, but it never made it. His spiritual DNA as a king is no good for the Malchus of Klai And we're going to see by David HaMelech that he didn't have Rachmanus, where he wasn't supposed to have Rachmanus. He was very tough. And when he was supposed to have Rachmanus, he had Rachmanus. So, big lesson here. Next big lesson in tonight's shir. Hashem says... Um, go, go to Yishai, and of course we know at the end of Ruth, Yishai, highlight of David, David the Melech's father. Go to Yishai, and the new kingdom is coming from the children of Yishai. And I want you to know that I learned this. I must have said this three times this week with my, my seminary girls. I learned this. What an amazing lesson tonight! As we're getting close to Malchus, about judging other people. So, Shmuel is now coming to um, Yishai. And Hashem says, you will find the Mashiach there. You will find the kingdom there. Okay? So he comes to Yishai. And he meets the oldest son. Vayar es Eliyav. He saw David Melech's oldest brother's name was Eliyav. Vayomer, Shmuel says, he didn't speak to him yet. Ach, neged Hashem Mishicha. Wow, on the first, the oldest boy, that's the Mashiach. That's the one I'm going to anoint. Really? Now, Rashi says that he was tall, handsome, muscular, Good-looking guy. He looked like royalty. Big, strong, dark. That's a king. That's a guy. That's a, that's a chayfetz. So he said, Oh, I got him on the first shot. 
Oh, what a lesson. This is a lesson from God. This is not from a human being. This is not from therapy. This is not from a rabbi. This is from Hashem straight. Vayomer Hashem el Shmuel. Al Tabet el Marehu. Don't look at him. Don't stare at his looks, at his chitzaniyas. El Givoya Kamasa. He was very tall. And don't look at, wow, this guy's, he's a six, six, five. He looks like a king. Don't look about how tall he is. Because he disgusts me, this Aliyah. It's not about how the person looks. Because people make judgments on other people with their eyes. But me, says Hashem, by Hashem, you don't judge anyone by their eyes. I judge them by their hearts. So he was giving Shmuel Muster. Don't you decide that this is the king because he looks good. He's rotten inside. You got to look at what the person looks like inside. Zot Rashi. Kiloi Asher Adam. Why did Hashem, why did he discuss Hashem? The Fishakaisenhu. He had a very bad temper. As it says in Psukim coming, when David Amelach came to Goliath, he got very angry at his, he said, what are you doing here? You belong with the sheep. Hashem hates, it disgusts him when someone's a Kaisen, when someone has anger. Rashi. Now, Hashem gives a Musa ki not the way you look at a person. Even though you call yourself a person who could look at someone and know what they're all about, because you said to show I am the looker, I'm the one who can tell by looking at someone. Here I'm telling you, you don't, you don't, you can't see. Wow, this is amazing tukim. So Hashem is saying. Don't judge people by the way. Don't touch a, don't judge a book by the cover. Who said that? God said that. Don't judge a book by the cover. Don't judge a Jew by his yarmulke and this and that and this and that. Don't, don't make any judgments. You don't know nothing. Okay. All right. Next brother shows up. Yishai calls Avinadov, the second brother. And he comes in front of Shmuel. And Hashem says, Nope. He's not the guy. He brings his next son, the third son, who's Shama. Shmuel says in Rocha Kodesh, Nope. All seven of his children. He brings with Shmuel. We got a problem here. You show me all your sons, and it's none of them, but Hashem told me he's here. Is that it? You got no more kids. Something's missing in the picture. There's one, there's one little left. But he's a shepherd. He's not, he's not a king. He's not a king. Bring him here. Until I see him, I'm not moving. He brought him and he was a redhead. I'll tell you why the Pasuk tells us that. had amazing eyes. It says that he had such blue eyes, that crystal eyes, and if he looked at someone, he stared at someone, he turned into a stone. There's all kinds of things about David Amel's eyes, we're not going into that. But Toiv Rai, and he, he, he was pleasant looking. He wasn't tall, he was short. He's a redhead with blue eyes. He didn't look like no king. 
not compared to his brothers. Hashem, and Hashem said to Shmuel in the Vias, get up, anoint this one. Kizehu, it's him. That's him. The guy that doesn't look like anything. That's him. And he made him, he made him into, he anointed him and he made him king. He said he's going to become king. So we learn from here that you can't judge a book by its cover, that's for sure. There's something very deep I want to talk about tonight. Very, very deep. I'm not going into the total depths of it. But we're going to take you somewhere very, very fascinating, very, very interesting. Um, Zoyar, Rav Chaim Vital talks a lot about this. Okay, so this is this is what I want to talk about. I have to be careful not to open it too big because then you're going to go into places that we can't close. So let's let's talk about this for a moment. This whole thing with David Amelech, where David Amelech came from, and Rus, and the, the whole story. So, one of the biggest lessons of Rus, and why we read Rus on 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 Shavuos, I mean, Rus is uh, 606, so 7 Mitzvah Noach, 613, you put the hay, is Torah, um, she was a Giyaris, that's the main reason brought down, she was Makal of the Torah, we were Makal of the Torah, I asked Akasha, well if that's the if that's the reason, why don't we read Yisro, Yisro is Makal of the Torah, we're reading Yisro anyway, in the Sarah said, Rus, might as well read Yisro, he's the first guy, why are you going away to Rus? So there's a very, there's a very important theme, and everyone here knows that the mountain that the Torah was given on was Harsinai, was the smallest mountain. We learned that, about that as kids because it's Anivus and Torah. You, a big shot can't not be Bekabal Torah. Torah lives in Anivus. How do you say Anivus in English? Humble. Humbleness. Humbleness. The opposite is being a big shot. So, Moshe Rabbeinu, who was the biggest in Torah, had to be the biggest on of. The keli, the vessel for Torah, is modesty, humbleness. You're a big shot, you're not a keli. Gaiva smells. Many stories about um, the story about Eliyahu Navi, and I forgot who he was walking with, and they went past the donkey, and the donkey stunk, smelled very bad, it was dead, and the person said, let's go, let's go a different way, and he said, no, look at the beautiful teeth. Donkeys have very white teeth. Look at the beautiful teeth of the donkey. Okay, you can always find something good in the bad. Then they started walking, and there was a man coming towards them. It's brought down in the, uh, in the Kabayasha. There was a man, toward, and Eliyahu said, let's get off this road. He smells really bad. He said, what do you mean he smells very bad? How can you smell him from so far away? He goes, no, he's a very big Balgaiva. He's, he's walking with his head up. Balgaiva, and Gaiva has a certain smell to it. So there's a certain humbleness that Torah needs for Kabbalah Satoyah. So we would think... That Mashiach and Dovra Melech, Mashiach ben Dovra and Mashiach ben Yosef, would come from the highest place, the holiest place. Abraham Avinu and Sarah. It comes from the lowest place, the most hidden place. Let's see where. Mashiach Mandavid comes from. Comes from Rus. 
Rosh was a Moaviyah. In the Torah it says, Moav Loyave Bekal Hashem, Moavi can't marry into the Jewish nation. Why can't they marry into the Jewish nation? The Torah says two reasons. One, they didn't have the Midah of Chesed. Klai Yisrael asked them for food and water. They said no. They were Kafei Toiv because Avraham Avinu saved Lot. There would be no Moab if there was no Lot. So we saved your life and then we asked you for water and you say no. You're an ingrate. We wrote about this in the book. And if you're an ingrate, you cannot come in cloud. We can't have that DNA in our, in our nation. But the second reason it brings down, they were the most immoral nation in Pasha's Balak. They tricked the Jews. Women of ill repute got them to serve a vaydazara, got them to drink yainessa, got them to eat trace. Low life women. The men didn't do this, the women did this. So the women of Moab were hated by the Jews. They killed 24,000 men. 24, the whole story with Zimri. We don't like Moab. They are, when, we, when you talk about immorality in women, it's a Moavi, Moavis. So, where does Moab come from? Where does the name come from? It comes from incest. It comes from the two daughters of Lot going into a mountain, thinking the world is destroyed, thinking there's only two females and one male left, the two daughters and the father, and that's all that's left in the world. There's no one else. So the oldest daughter says, we have to do chesed, we have to keep the world going. If we three die, we don't have, ch- we, we have no one to marry, we have no children, then the world is over. So she got her father drunk at night, the oldest girl, and... Um, she got pregnant from that night with her father. And the child was born. And the child that was born was called Moav. Me'avi. Terrible name. Goes to school, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, you're from your mother and your grandfather? So, why did they, why did she name him? It's a whole story of Moshe Feinstein with this. Why did she name him Me'avi? And the answer is, it came from, two things that came from a good place. One, she did what she did because she wanted to save the world. So her, her, the second daughter did not have to do that because once she got, once she had a child, she wouldn't have to do that. But the oldest daughter did it to save the world. And, um, and she named it Me'avi so they shouldn't think that God came down and, 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 and started this whole new religion, whatever it is. She said, there's no, uh, immaculate, uh, conception over here. Immaculate conception, that's not what happened over here. What happened over here is my father, Me'avi, don't start no religion, don't start no, no, no stories, don't, that's what she said. So she said, it's from my father, it's not, it's not, nothing else. So, so the Zayar, so that was, that was Moav, Moav, Moavia, was Rus, Rus came from there. Mashiach Mandavid comes from what? It's his beginnings of where he's coming, came to the world. It's from a story of, of, of Lot and his daughter. So the Zoya says, why? Why in that way? It's a little hard to understand. And the Zoya says, because the Satan is always looking for where Mashiach is, so he can destroy him. And Hashem hit him. Hit this unbelievable Kedusha, this, this, this Nitzutz of Kedusha in a, in a very Tumadika place. Totally hidden until he was revealed. That's Mashiach when David. Everyone who's listening to this share, before Mashiach ben David came, there was Mashiach ben Yosef. Mashiach ben Yosef comes first. Where does Mashiach ben Yosef come from? Mashiach ben Yosef comes from Ephraim. Ephraim comes from Yosef, right? Mashiach ben Yosef. Who was Yosef married to? Osnas. Who was Osnas? 
Osnas, Ephraim's mother, Yosef's wife, was the child that was born from Shechem attacking Dina and doing what he did. Not from Ruben Shemalev Yehuda, from Shechem. So Mashiach ben Yosef comes from a terrible act that Shechem did to Dina. Mashiach ben David comes from Lot and his daughter. What's going on here? And the answer is that the Kedusha was hidden from the Satan, from the dark side, so he wouldn't be able to find it. David HaMelech. What, where does David HaMelech come from? Why was he hidden by his father in the desert by himself? So very, very, very fascinating. Very fascinating. At the end of, and, and when you get a bracha, when you give a bracha, be careful what you say. And when you get a bracha, brachas are very powerful. So Naomi, and Mitzvah Shem, I hope maybe next week we'll have a share Wednesday night, we'll talk more about Rus, but, so Rus marries Boaz, Naomi is so happy, and they're at the wedding, and now, everyone who came to the wedding, they weren't all so happy about this wedding, because a lot of the Chacham believed that he wasn't allowed to marry her, whatever, but, um, I guess the wedding was outside, maybe at a dead end, like now, um, they with the witnesses. They said, "Here's the bracha. You hear the bracha. You want to hear the bracha that that Rus got with Boaz? This woman that you're now taking into your house, should be like Rachel and Leah as Beis Yisrael because they built Klai Yisrael. So you hear the bracha. The bracha is." Should be like Rachel Balea. So everybody, so he asked, well, if you're giving a bracha, why, why'd you jump? Why'd you skip Sarah, Sarah and Rivka? Why'd you do the Rachel Balea? There's a little bit Rucha Kaidish in this bracha. So let me tell you all something very fascinating. Kleisro was having a big problem with this whole thing that Boaz married, uh, uh, a woman from a Moavia. They didn't agree. They said a Moavis and a Moavia, a Moavi, a male or a female. The Torah means you can't marry anyone. Boaz said, no, you're wrong. It says Moavi, below Moavis. So you're allowed to marry her. So he married her. Kleistro, a lot of the Rabbanim, a lot of the people had a lot of problems with that. Yishai never sinned. It says that Yishai only died because of the Avera of Adam and Chavi eating from the tree. He never sinned. He was a perfect tzaddik. So they were coming to him, Kleistro, and they were telling him, that you know, all your children might be illegitimate. You're such a tzaddik, but if if Boaz was wrong, and in the end, that whole halacha is overthrown, and he wasn't allowed to marry Rus, Yishai came from that, then your children are all apostle. So, there was one way for him to make, he already had seven children at that point, to have a kosher child. He had a shifcha, shifcha knanis, if he marries the Shifcha, the Shifcha has a child. The child is not Jewish, right? Because it's Shifcha. The child becomes a ger. Then he, come, he, 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 he can come into Klai Yisrael. 
even if you're not allowed to marry a Moabi or Moabis. So there was a way around it. But he had to marry his shivcha. So they talked him into that. You should at least, if we end up turning over the halacha, at least you should have one kosher child. He agreed. So he told his wife, I can't be with you anymore. I can't have any more children with you because it may be this whole thing's going to be overturned and I'm going to have just children that are illegitimate. So I'm separating from you. He didn't divorce her. I'm separating from you. We're not together no more physically. We're done. But I'm going to marry my shifcha. His wife, it's a marriage. You can look it up. It's brought down in Sefer Teidot. It's brought down in many places. His wife said, my husband, my husband, Yishai, is going to be at night married to a shifcha? No. So she went to the shifcha. She said, I'm going to give you a lot of money. We're going to do a switch. Instead of you being with him tonight when you get married, when it comes to the bedroom, I'm switching with you, I'm going to be with him. He was with his wife that night, but he didn't know. He thought it was the shifcha. And she gets pregnant. His wife gets pregnant from that night. Now, in the fourth month, she's showing, and everyone's like, how could you get pregnant? You're a married woman. You weren't with your husband. It means that you committed adultery. That child is a mamzer. You weren't divorced. You got pregnant. The shifcha was with him, so what's up with that kid? She's a mamzer. So he thought he had a mamzer. So he said, the minute he's born, we got, we, it's a shame in the whole family, a mamzer. He can't get married anyway. Let's put him in the, let's put him in the desert. Now, what Hashem did is they were all tall, dark, and handsome, and this kid's born with flaming red hair and blue eyes. They're all brown eyes, dark, svardim. And he's born with light eyes. So it was a raya, and it's such a great thing because people are so sure about certain things, and they're like, and it's a raya, so it was a raya to everyone that it must be from a different man. All his kids look one way. Now he has a redhead with blue eyes. Can't be the same father. Oh, you did a big avera. Hashem's laughing at Shemayim, you fools. And that's what Hashem's saying. That's what Hashem saying to Shmuel. It's not what you see. Stop judging. They're all sure. And I'll tell you even more than that. They're all sure. So, so, so when he comes to Yishai and says, show me your best boy uh, in Yeshiva. Show me your best Talmud. Show me your best kid. You're like, oh, he's my best kid. No, says Hashem. You don't know the heart. So he, he shows his biggest boys and he has all seven lined up. And Shmuel's like, Someone's missing. It's like, can't be a mamzer, can't be a king, can't be him. But he's asking, is there another kid? He says, yes, bring him here. That's the one Hashem wants. The lesson that everyone needs who's listening, it's the, it's the underdog. It's the guy that looks like he's nothing. The greatness is hidden in every Jew. Even in Tumor, even in the Jews, they're on the deepest level of Tumor. The Nietzsche of Kedusha is in there. The Nietzsche of Mashiach, Ben Yosef, Ben David, is in the most Tumadik places. Never write off a Jew. It's the lesson of Rus. It's the lesson of being Makabal the Torah. It's the lesson of Anivus. And it's through and through and through. In the home Megillah, in the birth of David Amelech who becomes a king, who goes up against Goliath. Yeah. Shem said, I know the heart of a person. Don't judge them by what they look like. 
Sheikh ben Yosef and Sheikh ben David, look where they came from. It's amazing. The underdog. It's the Moshe Rabbeinu that's born in the, in the, in the palace of the lowest immoral king in the world, Paro. Never went to yeshiva. Was in probably Cairo High. Was brought up, it says he was brought up in the castle. He wasn't brought up in, 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 in the most beautiful yeshiva in Goshen. Can't speak. Excommunicated. Sent out to Midian. Stutters. It's the Yosef. The one that is sold by his brothers, that ends up in Mitzrayim, in dungeons, in Potiphar's wife, and challenged. Who ends up saving the world. It's the Davar Melech that they think is a mamzer. Everyone in the Torah that became great. It's the Avram Avinu that for 75 years didn't even know who Hashem was. It's the Yitzchak who had an Esau. It's the Yaakov who lost his wife Rachel. What happened to Dina? What happened to Yosef? Who struggled? Who said to the Paro, I'm old, I look old, and I look weak because of everything I went through in life. Adam. Adam. Who on the first day of his life does the biggest Avera. And has a child kill another one. Two sons and another, one son kills another son. It's the Noah that, that lost all his friends and lost the whole world. And, 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 and Cham had a child like Cham who hurt him. It's, it's all of them. It's Sari Main who didn't have children for 90 years and watched Avram Avinu heal everybody but couldn't heal her. It's Avram Avinu who went through all the hardships and his father, we talk about trauma. To about trauma, his father took him and threw him into a kibshan of Aish because he wouldn't serve a Zara. It's a David Amelech whose, whose own child, Avshalom, tried to kill him. His father-in-law, Shaul, tried to kill him. His wife made fun of him. All of them. From the hardest, most troubled places in the world. It's the Chana who had no children, who prayed quietly, who was called a shikr. By the Kohen Gadol, who was made fun of by Penina, who had such a hard life, who had Shmuel Hanavi, who who was the, was the first was the Navi who made the king who was by Yimashach as Moshiach. It's the greatness comes from struggle. The greatness comes from a place that's unexpected. The Zoyar says that Moshiach, whoever he is, will be revealed when he's forty years old. And the Zayah says he will come from a place, the most unexpected place. He can't be a Gary, he has to be from Shevet Yehuda. But he's going to come from the most unexpected place. Hashem is very into hiding Kedusha. Hashem is very into the heart of a person. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Shmuel Anavi, I know the hearts of a person. So you could listen to my share tonight and say, it's God. It's God. I'm not God. I don't know what's going on inside of you. So if you're wearing a short skirt, or you have a tattoo, or you're not wearing a yarmulke, or you're smoking on Shabbos, or all that stuff, I'm going to make a judgment on you, because I don't know what's in your heart. Yeah, you might be a tzaddik, and you might have gone through trauma, but I don't know. I know only what I see. So Rabbi Wallstein, you're asking us not to be human. You ask us not to be human. You can't ask us not to be human. Wrong. Why? Because the parents of Moshiach 
the appearance of royalty, the appearance of Malchus, had the power of looking past the outside, but seeing the inside. So I want to read you, I think we have to end, but I want to read you, oh, we still have a little time. I want to read you, in Rus, when the whole situation between her and Boaz, and I think I gave this last week, the whole shit with BT, my daughter, and all that, I said that last week, I'm not sure what I said last week, I'm not sure. Um, so, so Boaz, who's the, who's the Rosh Hashiva, the Gadol Hadar, meets this guy, this Goyesha girl. And he says to her, Hello, Shemad BT? I heard about you, my daughter. Chaim Kalinevsky's meeting a non-Jewish girl and saying, I heard about you, my daughter. And she's going to ask him why you even spoke to me. He says, don't go anymore into any other fields. You just stay in my field. He called her his daughter. But Tipala Paneha, she fell on her face. She bowed down. By time when she said, why do, you, why do I find favor in your eyes? How did she know that she found favor in his eyes? He didn't wink at her. <laughs> so like, maybe he doesn't like her. Maybe, like, how did she know that? How do you know if you find favor in someone's eyes? She's saying, I don't understand, I'm not Jewish. There's a machloik as if she was a Jew yet. But she says, she says I wasn't a Jew yet. It could be some stranger. It's a machloik, but, but half, half the rabbis say she wasn't Jewish yet, right? So why do I find favor in your eyes? How do I know I find favor in your eyes? A big word, the next word. Lahakireni. Because you're giving me recognition. You called me Biti. That's giving recognition. I had a whole thing with a girl today. Um, she had a really bad addiction. And I told her she's in a very bad place with a very bad other addict and I have to get I have to get her out of there. So I told her that I'm coming with the police. I'm coming to get you out, girl. And she said, I'm not going. And you can't do anything about it. And I'm not ready. And if you know anything about addiction, you gotta wait until I'm ready. And I'm like, if you're about to jump off a building, I'm not waiting till you're ready. You ready? I'm not waiting till you jump off the building. So if you so she goes, What's wrong with you? Leave me alone. I said, I'll tell you what's wrong with me. After 120 years, I'm gonna come up to heaven. And God's gonna say, You know this girl is shooting up heroin. You know that she can die. We lost the last three weeks. Bunch of kids. Donald Trump got up and said, we might lose more people to suicide and overdose drugs than we are to this disease. Because whoever was anxious before and depressed before is triply anxious and depressed. So I'm like very busy right now with my ranch and with a lot of other things because kids are freaking out. And they're doing much worse drugs than they've done before. So she's like, just leave me alone. Don't butt into my business. My parents know. I'm like, let me tell you something, girl. 
After 120 years, I'm going to come to Shemayim Hashem. I'm going to be like, you, you knew this girl was in this situation. Did you treat her like your own daughter? Would I let my daughter die from an overdose? I get in my car with my boys. We break down the door. We put her in handcuffs. We get on a plane with her, kicking and screaming. We take her to rehab. We put her in a lockdown. I'm not letting my daughter die. I said, I, I got to answer to a higher authority. You're my daughter. I got to treat you that way. I don't got no choice. So I'm going to do what I got to do. If I got to come with the cops and break down your door, if I got to come with my boy, I'm going to break down your door. So you got to, you got to get out and you got to meet me or I'm coming to get you. That's what Boaz said to Rus. BT, I got to treat you like my daughter. Because otherwise, I'm going to have to answer for it. She said, wow. Rus said, wow. That's recognition. That's recognition. When you take, you're a Rebbe of a kid, you're treating that kid like he's yours? Then you recognize the value of that child. When you're a therapist, you better have the name of every kid you're talking to next to your bed so at night you're davening for them. Because that's what you would do for your child. You would say a capital to Hillel. So the din v'cheshmer we give in the next world, did you treat my children like they were yours? Well, here the girl of the door said, yes, piti. So she said, wow, l'haki reini. Why did you, you gave me such recognition? I'm a stranger, I'm a guy. You know what Boaz answered her? I, I, we're asking the same question, like, you're the girl of the door, why are you, why are you giving her attention? If Chaim doesn't go in the street and talk to girls, why are you giving her attention? So she asked him, hey, Rabbi, what's the deal? Why are you talking to me, Rabbi? So he answers her, Neyudik. Vayam Boaz, Vayomar, who God, who Godly, was told to me, I heard about you, everything you did for your mother-in-law. But Ta'azvi Aviv, you left your father, your father was a king of Moab, you left your father, V'imech and your mother, V'eretz, and your land, Moladatech, where you were born? And you came here to a nation that hates you? You're a Movia? So he said, pretty much, you know who you are? You're a You did the same thing! To the land I'm going to show you. You came to a strange land. Oh my gosh! You're a Lavramavino! That's what he told her. So I shouldn't talk to you? Right? Not done. Hashem um, should pay you back that you came to be a Jew. Because he knew she wanted to be a Giyayas. She said, wow, Rabbi. I guess I find favor in your eyes. Because I am going through a lot of pain. Yeah, the girl. And the girl with the, with the, with the, with the tattoo and the short skirt and the earrings and the guy that's not wearing the yarmulke. Yeah. Yeah, they need consoling. She said, yeah, you didn't even know that, Rabbi, but you consoled me. Now, here's my big word, everyone, for tonight. Rabbi, you spoke to my heart. It's not just God. 
Boaz spoke to her heart. And that's what Hashem said to Shmuel. Stop speaking with your eyes. Stop judging with your eyes. The king you're about to anoint, David HaMelech, comes from Boaz, who knew how to speak from his heart. That's what she said. And she said, I want you to know that because you did this, Rabbi, you spoke to my heart, you gave me recognition, you focused on my pain that I left everything I had, I promise you, I will not be a regular girl. I will be a superstar. Because you put all that into me, I will produce. And who did she become, Rus? Aim Hamalchus. The mother of all Jewish royalty. She promised, you put that into me, and I will do what I need to do. Do not look with your eyes. Look at other people with your heart. Sometimes, and I can tell you that I have seen this, the holiest of souls are in the darkest of places. Darkest of places. We just got to get them out. We just got to get them out. David HaMelech and the Malchus of Mashiach was hidden. A very dark place. And Mashiach ben Yosef was hidden. A very dark place. And David HaMelech was hidden. A very dark place. So, the, the intrinsic power of something that was hidden in a very dark place that came out to light... I'm talking a little Kabbalistic, but you'll all understand what I'm saying. Has to be the power of Moshiach. Because we, we are in the darkest of place. We're in New York. We're in the most tumidic place in the world. Where they passed all kinds of laws. Anti-Akadosh Baruch Hu. The most tumidic place in the world. In the darkest place in the world. And there's so much Kedusha in this Golos. Chesed and Tyra and, and, and unbelievable Kedusha. And it takes some, someone that was in Tumah that came to the light to be able to go back into the Tumah and take us out and take all the choices of Kedusha that is in Golas, in this terrible place, most Tumatika place. As Tumah as Mitzrayim, maybe more Tumah than Mitzrayim. And Mashiach has to come into this and take us out of this darkness back into the light. Because that's where he came from. That's where Mashiach ben David came from. That's where Mashiach ben Yosef came from. The darkest places in the world. And they came in and they became the light of the world. So for them, they have the kayak, the intrinsic spiritual DNA to come now. And take us out of this, Golas. Then Herabi Yemenu. I want to end the story from Rabbi Ronnie Greenwald, my mentor, although Shalom, the dean of BCA, a high school where everyone is BT. 
and we look at the lave of every girl. And he told me a story, and that's when I asked him to be my dean. There was a girl that was thrown out of a school. She did something really bad. And everybody tried to get her back into this Beisakov type of school. Maybe it wasn't Beisakov, Beisakov type of school, a regular from, from Jewish school. And what she did was like really bad, and the, they, they, didn't, they wouldn't take her back. And they tried, they tried people on the board, and they tried money, and they tried every trick in the book. And no, nope, she did something, and we don't want her back in our school. So they came to Rabbi Greenwald, the parents, and they said, Ronnie, you, you got to do something. You got you to get her back into school. We tried everything. He said, I'll try. He never said, he would do anything for anyone. He said, I'll try. So he calls up the Rebbitson. He tells him the story. He calls up the Rebbitson. Rebbitson said, Ronnie, because he was always the savior of all kids, if it's about this girl you're calling, don't waste your time. We made a decision. We're not taking her back. He said, who? I'm not calling about her. She said, so what do you want? He said, I would like to meet with you. It's not about, no, it's not about her. Okay. He tells me the story. I love him. She'd sit in Ganeid and he's smiling at the story. So, he comes down to school and he sits down in front of the Rebbitson and he says, can I ask you a question, Rebbitson? Sure. Um, is there anything that a grandmother, an Alta Babichka, that was the word he used, an Alta Babichka, an old grandmother, if she came to your school, that, that, that would you ever throw her out? So what? Is there, is there anything like an old Jewish lady, an old Babichka would come that she could say, that she could do, that you would throw her out? She said, of course not. Where are you, where are you going with this? Like, what are you asking? And he says, you just did. What? We didn't throw anyone out, any Babichka out. He said, yes, you did. She said, what are you talking about? He said, isn't it true you threw this and this girl out? I'll make up a name. That you threw Esther out? So Rabbi, you're lying? You lied to me? You told me you're not coming about her. So I'm not coming about her. I'm not calling about the 16-year-old girl you just threw out of 10th grade. I'm coming about a grandmother. You see, right now her, I'm not talking about the 16-year-old. 16-year-old probably deserved to get thrown out. But one day she's going to be a mother... And she can be a grandmother. And the grandmother doesn't deserve to be thrown out. But if you throw her out, you're throwing the grandmother out too. She's going to go off the derech. Who knows where she's going to go. So you didn't just throw her out. You threw out all her children. You threw out, when she becomes a grandmother, her grandchildren. You just threw a whole family out. I'm not coming for her. She deserves it. She's 16. I heard this story. I was like, what? He said, yeah, Rabbi, when I look at a girl at 16, I'm not, I don't see a 16-year-old. I see a mother and I see a grandmother. I see a teacher and a leader. I don't see the 16-year-old. 16-year-old probably deserves to get thrown out. So I'm not here for her. I'm here for her grandchildren. I said, Rabbi, could you please be the dean of my school, Kina Hamtani? Could you please be the dean of my school? And he said, yes.
He called it his rose-colored glasses. When you look at someone through your eyes and you make a judgment, you look at what they are right now. When you look at someone through your heart, you look at their potential. And that's godly. And that's what Hashem told Shmuel. You see someone big, tall, strong, that's now, but you don't know what's going on inside. He could be a little redhead with blue eyes, and he's a, he's a shepherd. He's my man. He's going to take Goliath down. He's going to take the giant that all of Clyde's role, including Shaul, was scared of. He's got what it takes. He's got that inner strength. He's the great-grandson of Boaz and Rus. And Rus said to her, Naomi, she said, where you sleep, I sleep. Where you go, I go. Your God is my God. And you will see, Mitzvah, next week, when David Melech goes up against Goliath, we're going to learn it, he was the one that told Goliath, I'm not, I'm not fighting you. Goliath said, you're a little, you're a little pipsqueak. What are you doing? You're a little punk. I have, I have never lost a fight. He was crazy tall. He was wearing thousands of pounds of armor. This little shepherd boy comes with a stick. He's like, he said to him, I will, I will, I will kill you and I will feed you. I will feed you to the birds. Something like that. To the animals, to the birds. Oh, I will feed you. No, it was Neuridic. He said, I will feed you to the, to the behemoths. And Dabin Melch knew right away that he wouldn't die because behemoths don't eat meat. They only eat the vegetable, uh, vegetation. So he knew that what he was saying, he already got from the Vias that the animals can't eat him, so you don't know what you're talking about. But anyway, so his answer, his answer to Gullius, which we'll read next week, is, you're coming to me with weapons, a lance, a sword, and a shield. I'm impressed. But I'm coming to you. I'm not coming to you with a stick or a slingshot. I'm coming to you with God. God's much bigger than anything you have. Where did he get that from? Where did Double Miller get that from? From Rus, God, she said, your God is my God. My God is your God. Don't know I'm not worried about you. Spiritual DNA. Oh, the end of Rus, for Yishai, is David, is David, and Yishai was, from Yishai came David, from the secret in the deepest, darkest places, comes to Geula, we're in the deepest, darkest place, we should all be zeichet to see the geula. Don't forget. Don't forget. I'm shutting off now, everybody. Don't forget. Daily giving. One word. Dailygiving.org. Write it down right now. Give a dollar a day. You want to give five dollars a day? Give a dollar a day. Right. Where'd you get the name? Rabbi Wallerstein. And write raffle. And you're in. You're getting a free raffle, and you can win $5,000. You should be Matzliach. We should see the Gula Bukharev. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.